We've got news on coffee shops and bourbon today. So whether you're speeding up or slowing down, we have something for you here on the Access Louisville podcast. Stay tuned. Thanks for joining us. My name is David Mann, and joining me today is Shay Van Hoy. Hey, everybody. Ellie Tolberts. Hi. And Michael L. Jones. How you doing? Access Louisville is a weekly podcast from Louisville Business First. Each week, we bring you the latest news, plenty of sharp opinions on what's going on here in Louisville, Kentucky. Like I said, we're going to talk about coffee shops. I feel like we talk a lot about coffee shops on here, uh, but Michael... Quills has about 10 different things going on. I think that's a that's a growing coffee shop chain here in Louisville, and you just wrote about them today. So I guess we'll start with what's going on in the Highlands. What's going on over there? Uh, well, um, they're renovating the old Wild and Willie. It'll always be Wild and Willie video. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's the old uh, Still City Pops. Uh, they're going to turn it into a bakery, and they're going to move the uh, Baxter Avenue um, uh, quills to that. And it's going the bakery is going to serve all of their Louisville locations. Yeah, so that's interesting. So that's kind of a new line of business for them, right? They hadn't had a bakery before. Yeah, yeah. I talked to the owner, uh, Nathan uh, Quillo, and uh, he said, you know, coffee houses, they deal in a lot of pastries. And he happened to um, come across a pastry chef and, um, you know, he decided to uh, try this. Um, mm. And a lot of the, what they have going on is because the pandemic, you know, it, it kind of uh, gave them two years to really think about how they wanted the company to grow. Mm-hmm. Well, it makes sense. I mean, you see a lot of coffee shops selling pastries and, you know, definitely pastries and coffee go together. So uh, it's smart of Quills to try and roll out a bakery. Uh, So that brings me to Clifton. What so with with them doing this in the Highlands, I guess they're they're moving their coffee shop employees to Clifton. Is that right? Uh, No, the, the, the Highlands coffee shop. It's going to move to just Barchtown Road. It's just going to move down the street. But one of the co-owners owns a building in uh, Clifton, and that's going to be just a totally new quills down the the line. Mm -hmm. And they also just opened a store in Jeffersonville. (laughs) Or Jefferson Jefferson Town. Yeah. So, yeah. So they're really branching out to a couple different locations there. Yeah. you know, I think when you think of Louisville coffee, you you think Tiny Brothers, you think Quills. Uh, some people probably have some other picks. I know Fantis is a very popular one. So, you know, we, we you know, at Business First, coffee meetings are like a whole big thing. I mean, Ellie and Michael can both attest to that, that we're always talking about having coffee with people. So what's a good spot for a coffee meeting or what's your favorite spot for a coffee meeting? And uh, so, Michael, since you've been talking, I'll give you a break. I'll ask Ellie that one. <laughs> um, I don't know. I think I'm I generally go Heine Brothers um, and it, sometimes I'll pick one that's just closest to the person I'm meeting with. Um, mm-hmm. But then that's the good thing about Honey Brothers is there's several of them. So like chances are there's 
one close to where you know their offices are so they don't have to go too far um but uh but yeah i like a lot of them one i went to recently this is i don't know if they consider themselves a coffee shop they're more of a bakery but i went to the wiltshire pantry recently for a a coffee meeting and uh that was really good i liked their space it was the one downtown so i'm gonna try to go there more often too yeah that's a good one too i used to meet uh anytime i had a downtown meeting i would suggest that one of course it used to be called atlantic number five and then wiltshire moved in there and um kept the same kept the space you know relatively the same but yeah, that's a good one. How about you, Shay? You, you're you're meeting around town a lot, so. My um, <clears throat> my favorite Louisville coffee sh- co- coffee sh- coffee shop, not coffee, coffee shop is Kinko's. I like to have meetings at Kinko's. Um, my favorite coffee shop closed during the pandemic, and that was Highland Coffee. That was my my favorite. They had the hair razor coffee, which is like super caffeinated, I think. And um, I don't know. I just liked that they had one location, and it was close to my house, and. Uh, but uh, fairly well Highland Coffee. Um, I probably side with Ellie. I tend to end up at Heine Brothers. There's one in our building, so that's a start. So if yeah. someone's coming downtown. And then um, I live close to the Douglas Loop one. And I've had a lot of coffee meetings actually at Gardner Lane. If I'm meeting from someone from like the east or south end, it's right off, you know, uh, the Waterson at uh, Bardstown Road. So um, those are kind of the usuals for me. I, I don't, I'm not really picky. I like I'm the um, same. I'll yeah, meet coffee, where yeah, good. Uh, all the coffee seems good to me. I don't really have this huge preference. Um, but the closest one to me, I have had like one meeting there, but I walk sometimes walk down just for a break. Is uh, the Sunner Sunner Goss uh, in Deer Park is very is like two blocks, three blocks from my house. So, yeah. um, so yeah, I just I, I'm a I love all coffee shop meeting coffee. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and, and coffees. How about you, Michael? I go to Sundergoss on Woodlawn a lot because it's near my house. But if I have to go to the East End, I go to the Starbucks on Hurstbourne Lane because they have a private room. And Is it the so one at Hurstbourne in Shelbyville? Yes. Oh, yeah. I know that Starbucks. That's, that's perfect. Busy a Starbucks. That's I like need the- to make a recording. <laughs> so. Yeah, that, that's a busy place. Like, if you can get a seat in there, then, uh, then you know, you've, you've shown up early. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> If you're uh, star watching, then you go to Quills and Nulu. That's the that's the yeah, move and shake. That's the, the spot. Is like yeah. that's where the, all the the entrepreneurs and stuff meet. Haley is a big believer in the Quills, the Quills Coffee Firehouse. Um, that's in the old firehouse. But um, yeah, for me, I'm kind of like you, Shay. I just kind of uh, I, I usually will just say what part of town are you in. I'll come meet you. Um, there's usually a Heine Brothers close by. If I'm in, I'll talk, I'll give the Hoosier perspective. Um, there's uh, there's like a battle up in up in Hoosier land, the sunny side, as we call it, uh, between uh, Starlight Coffee Company and Coffee Crossing. And uh, and I, I like Coffee Crossing. He's got one downtown. Jeff's very good. There's also one out by IUS. Uh, I actually hadn't, I, I hadn't tried Starlight. Sorry, Starlight. I'll, I'll get over there pretty soon. I know there's one... Uh, out in the Greenville area, and I've seen a couple others. So, uh, but anyway, so lots of great places. I think we mentioned every coffee shop in town in that segment. <laughs> if we didn't. We will get to you next time, um, and I'm sure there's a few out there actually. Uh, let's see here. We'll switch gears, switch over to talking about cookies. Um, Ellie, you just wrote about uh, Crumble, right? So uh, where's Crumble go? Well, t- first, tell us what Crumble is, <laughs> and then tell us. Yeah. 
Yeah, so Chromebook Cookie, uh, they have th their menu changes once a week. They like have specialty cookies and they, you know, switch them out every every week. Um, and so that's kind of the thing with Crumble is like you every Monday they have a new cookie. And so then people go and try the newest cookie. And um, you if you like one, you kind of just have to wait till the next time it comes around. Um, but they have, I think, two locations in Louisville right now. And they're going to be opening a third in Fern Creek in this development called Cedar Creek Crossing, which is down Bardstown Road in the Fern Creek area. Um, and it's uh, has a few tenants that are opening up. The, they have um, like a Chipotle and a First Watch, and uh, those are opening soon. But this new Crumble, as well as um, I think there's a paint nail bar, Next Level Sports Nutrition, um, and some other ones are opening. Uh, they've just been announced recently. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So that, that shopping center, they just kind of released this big lineup of tenants and kind of seems like it's starting to take off. When you were, we got to talking about this, uh, this led to an interesting conversation about uh, places to get cookies around town. And Ellie, you had a controversial opinion on this topic, if I remember. I did. This is where, when you say plenty of sharp opinions, this is where this is going to come is up. What, this is right here. Yeah. Um, I think the best cookie is Penn Station's cookies. And I know that people are like, Penn Station, what are you talking about? That's why are you even getting a cookie there? But they're just so good to the point where I've like tried to learn the recipe <laughs> because they're like the perfect. When it comes to cookies, what I care about is density and they have like the perfect density and like I, they're just so good. They're not too they, they're, they're very moist. They're not too crunchy. Yeah. Yeah, they're very like they're moist and they're sorry to say we now we've said the word moist three times, but um, but they're like perfectly thick and they're not too like crunchy, but they're not too soft. They're just perfect. So I love Penn Station cookies. Jay, you were you were weighing in on this too. Yeah, I think the Penn Station they they age them in griddle grease and that's what <laughs> makes them soft. It it's, will add it, it adds layers to anything you put it in. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, the so this made like the crumble thing made me think it's like they're gonna have like the McRib McRib cookie that comes around like once a year, and now <laughs> I'm like man I would probably might eat a McRib cookie. Um, I am well I love the cookie lady love getting cookies from her at Bats games and her stores on Bardstown Road, um, but also uh, I'm and I'm not a cookie connoisseur. Definitely not as much as Ellie, who's breaking it down into density and like, <laughs> like uh, you know, composition. Um, I'm a big fan of Insomnia for two reasons: they could deliver, and they also will deliver you ice cream. So I'll get like some like chocolatey cookie and then ice cream with it at like you know 11:45 on a Friday night, and they'll bring it to you. So um, that's my so it's convenience for me more than anything. But they're really good. They're really good as well. There's one on Bardstown Road, and I think still one on campus. I like cookies, but I almost never buy them like out yeah. somewhere. Like if I'm getting a treat, I want ice cream. Like that's my go-to. Like I'm the same, except uh, we get those boxes from Please and Thank You. Oh yes, it's a uh, dirty uh, gift bag. And so I did go get my dozen free cookies, and I did enjoy them. But it could have been because they were free. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny because. 
um i i forgot to go get mine you had only the month to go get the the cookies and i just totally forgot about it and then ended up at please and thank you you know last weekend and ended up paying for cookies like a chump but uh, I, I was gonna say i had two of those cookie box free cookie boxes because i had the one from the event and then i had one when we had that raffle here at work and um so i got two rounds of free cookies from please and thank you which yeah when the raffle too and I kept the boxes in my car just for, you know, when I was around. Uh, please right. thank you. That was I, my mistake. I took the boxes home and then the boxes never left my house after that. So. Mine's right back here behind me in the office. I never, I, I opened that bag and kind of looked in. I still don't know what's in there. <laughs> the cookies were the best thing in there, I think. Okay, well, I missed but the... they, It was only for one month. They have Bluetooth speakers in there too. I got two of those. <laughs> I did hear that oh, some okay. people had Bluetooth speakers. If yours has a Bluetooth speaker, then that's the best thing. Okay, I'll I'll get back in there. Maybe uh, while, while you guys are talking, we'll have a big reveal at the end. If there was a Bluetooth, if there's Bluetooth speaker <laughs> that's just been sitting behind you for yeah. for two months or whatever it's been. All right, we'll uh, we'll switch gears. We'll talk a little about this. Um, this new loft apartment that you had just wrote about. That sounded interesting. That was um, kind of taking a, a property and, and reusing it. So what did you think of those, Ellie? Yeah, those are really nice. Um, so it's Grocer's Ice Lofts, which they're at um, uh, 609 East Main Street. So right near like Slugger Field. And um, they were this like old ice factory in Denton Floyd um, acquired the property in 2018 and then did, you know, kind of an adaptive reuse, uh, renovation of the project. And, um, now they, it's like 77 units. Um, and it, they, they're really cool because since it's kind of an old building Mm -hmm. and it's also a historic building, so they had to, you know, make sure they kept certain parts of the building intact and certain details and whatever, they kind of had to just like fit all of the units together like a puzzle piece within the building so each no unit is exactly the same they're all have different like some might have like wood floors and some have you know concrete floors and some have exposed brick and some have like these interesting looking windows they're all just different and they're all really unique looking which is cool and Um, i remember when that project was first announced back in 2018 when denton floyd bought that property and you know, I kind of just forgot about it until this week. And like after like all the things that happened, like the pandemic, the shutdown, you know, downtown having the struggles that it has. It's good to see something come in. And I feel like Main Street has become like the place downtown. Like it seems like there's so much development on Main Street. Uh, like you said, it's by the Bats um, Bats uh, Stadium, Louisville Slugger Field. I don't know why I was having trouble with that. Um <laughs> It's uh, and then Main Street's also just had some cool stuff like the uh, Thoroughbred uh, Society opened up there and uh, just a lot of cool stuff on Main Street. So uh, awesome to see that. I love the uh, uh, reuse of old buildings, too. Uh, From the photos, we have some photos on our website. Look like a a cool uh, use of the property. So good for downtown. uh, let's switch gears again. I feel like we're going all over the map. We've been coffee. We're talking cookies. We're talking apartments. Now let me tell you about bourbon. I promised you in the teas. I'll tell you bourbon. Um, 
the uh th- this story is pretty big if you if you're a follower of local bourbon i wrote this up this uh this afternoon but uh green river bourbon uh i think yeah i think that's the name green river kentucky straight bourbon was just acquired by bargetown bourbon company uh the details of the transaction uh aren't available yet but this is an interesting story because uh green river is kind of one of these uh old names in bourbon i I wrote about it a few months ago um it's like kind of a hundred year old name in bourbon uh and uh this distillery out of uh owensboro had just kind of picked it up started started distilling uh or putting that label on the product that they were distilling out of owensboro and now a new player in the in the bourbon industry, which is Bargetown Bourbon Company, uh, has picked that up. So uh, I thought it was interesting. Uh, I do see a lot of these stories about bourbon brands being revived. Do you guys like, is it getting old, the, the bourbon brand has been revived story? Uh, Shay, I'll go to you on this one because it just seems like that's happened a hundred times over um, where an old an old brand like uh what's the one down in bardstown um i'm gonna think of it but uh while you talk i'm gonna look for are you about kentucky owl yep that's exactly what i was talking about kentucky owl and and to a degree pappy van winkle right or van winkle bourbon yeah i i mean a lot of time i'm not like i like bourbon a lot but i'm not like deep i'm not deeply versed in like i need to know the history or i need i'm not a collector so um, when Green River launched, I only learned about like the history from reading your article. So that was interesting to know. But otherwise, if I'd have been a shopper just seeing Green River bourbon on the shelf, I'd have been like, I've never heard of, I've never heard of this. Um, so Kentucky Owl, maybe I was a little more familiar with, and that you know I think David, you you've talked about this before and kind of kicked around a cover. It's like it's bourbon's all about the story, and so it's probably the easiest way to have a story connected to your brand is to be like you know, some guy named Dale, you know, started this in his bathtub in 1828 or whatever, rather so, than like, yeah. Rather so, than, so his great, great granddad found the recipe and passed <laughs> right. down generations. And said yeah, rather than time. some corporation got together and, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, that's and they decided this is what we're doing. <laughs> yeah, and it's, and that's perpetuated right into like, some of our newer brands in town that are owned, you know, they still maintain like their local autonomy and their local branding and their story like rabbit hole or angels envy, but they're, they're majority owned by, you know, corporations elsewhere. And, um, but you know, still the story is like, if you go to angels envy, you still feel like you're getting something local. I think you are, but, um, you know, it's, it's kind of that ties into it. It doesn't really sway me one way or another. I'm just kind of like, Oh, this tastes pretty good. I'm going to drink it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I'm a very casual bourbon guy. I, I mean, I have like, you know, I wish like, I'm. It sucks that I can't go find Eagle Rare easily. I have like one bottle I'm hoarding in my, you know, because that's one of my favorites. And it, so that's the that's where I get a little crabby. Is like, can you just make more of this stuff? And I know the points to not do that, but um, yeah, I, I don't really new or old. I don't really care. See, I would argue that the brands that people don't give much esteem to are more authentic like old forester like literally has been around for that yeah or maker's mark i mean that's only been around you know since the 50s or whatever but it has been around you know it's not it's not like something that just you bought the rights to and have no connection to and you put it on you know 
So I at mean, least it has heritage. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Heaven Hill or Evan Williams yeah. or, or, you know, stuff like that. That's All those brands. Yeah. It's like the legacy brands that no one, like, really, I mean, they care about them, but they don't, like, they don't get all the, the press for being old and revived that, you know, they've been around for a long time. So Because they're old and just here, not revived. <laughs> oh, yeah. Old and here. <laughs> we take bourbons for granted so much in Louisville. And uh, I went to Chicago a few months ago, and I ordered no fashion, and they put soda water in it. Oh, and out. I was, like, appalled. <laughs> and my wife is like, when did you become a bourbon snob? <laughs> You're right. You're right about that. Like, anytime, I, we do take it for granted. Because when, whenever I go to any other place, and, uh, you know, they'll, I think I've told this story before, but... Uh, I went to a bar in New Orleans and this bartender was trying to educate me on bourbon and I was just like nodding along like, okay, buddy, you know nothing. <laughs> you even know who you're talking to. <laughs> but I, uh, I, I played along. On the con- I was in uh, Chicago a few years ago and uh, one of my favorite bars anywhere, it's in, a, it's in a hotel on the Gold Coast, so just north of downtown. Um, and I can't remember the name of the hotel, but it has just a, it's a hotel bar, but it's a really cool atmosphere in there. And I start talking to the bartender and he kind of starts talking about bourbon. And I'm like, oh, man, this guy kind of he's like zoned in. He must have been like, you know, some bourbon class. Well, he uh, was from Louisville. So <laughs> that's well. <laughs> yeah. So he yeah. was educating the, everyone that coming into Chicago because he had the just, you know, inherent knowledge from growing up here. Yeah. There used to be a spokesman for the police department uh, before Alicia Smalley, and I'd written a story about him. And out of college, he he was in Boston, and he got a job as a liquor distributor because he was from Kentucky. They figured he knew everything about bourbon, and he didn't know anything, and he had to read up on it. Just play along. <laughs> Yeah, that's the moral of the story is just play along when people think you know something. <laughs> but uh, I feel like that is the only instance where being from Kentucky gives you a leg up. Like I can't think of any other. I mean, it may be horse racing, but I can't think of any other instance where that's <laughs> applicable. Right, right. All right, now Bur- uh, Shay, you had not not bourbon related, but you had a wine related story this week too, right? So yeah, uh, yeah, I uh, kind of rewrote and. Uh, this uh, release with a little bit of digging around on um, Wine Spectator, which is a, a widely read wine magazine, um, various things, but magazine included. Um, they put out their annual list of, in essence, it's the best restaurants for wine. Um, they do this every year. There were 3,000 some across the uh, country, I think, or globe. Anyway, 3,000 some in total that were recognized. They have three levels of recognition. So like, uh, you know, great super great and then like there's like 80 that get like this top level we didn't have any of those we had a a couple in the second tier and then a couple in the third tier um and the four were jeff ruby's um repeal which is the fairly new steakhouse that's in distill um and cuvee wine table which wine you know wine focused restaurant and then more morton's comma the steakhouse uh, I'd like to be formal on that. So those four, um, oh, man, yeah, important steakhouse. <laughs> steakhouse. Uh, so 
those are like basically if you are looking for a restaurant that is has a great wine list the wine spectator is pointing you in that direction um i'm been to i've not been to the local mortons actually but been to all the other places um obviously great wine list um i'm, I'm kind of down for uh you know uh, the half bottle price night, like at Uptown on Mondays, which is a fantastic deal, and uh, or you know just uh, some of, some of the other some of the other deals that that you can find around town. But uh, yeah, definitely a wine fan. Um, I don't know if they still do this. Valare used to have a, a thing where wine was half price if you ate in the bar, which is a great deal too. And they Valare has a great wine list. So yeah, yeah, it was a just a kind of a point you in the direction of of where to go for wine. When we no. did our small business issue, I did the Bristol, and the uh, owners of that are behind the Coupe wine table, and they oh, told me right. that um, they're one of the few businesses that uh, benefited from COVID because they had a wine program, that they, a subscription program that w- turned out to be very successful because all these people are trapped at home, you know. So yeah, they had like <laughs> a get their this, bottles of wine. <laughs> yeah, send you a bottle to your house kind of thing. So, uh, yeah, that was interesting. Um, yeah, when it comes to wine, like I like wine, but I, I have no expertise in that. I don't know what a good brand is versus a bad one. I know it's older. The older it is, the better. Uh, so that's kind of how I um, how I calculate. But there's probably a flaw in that logic too. So. I love the, I'm like, I have, um, this is this personality trait or a palate thing, but if anyone who knows me knows that I drink pretty much only IPAs when it comes to beer. Now there are a bunch of varieties that in the winter I like stouts, but I'm not drinking, I don't care if it's hot. I'm not drinking lagers in the summer. I don't like them. I need something more bitter. Um, but that also translates to wine where I, I, I started my, my wine drinking career (laughs) <laughs> on like reds like dry reds so like where most people end up but then i went the other way and i'm a big kind of dry white fan so like i'm a big into sauvignon blanc and then now like the guy at old town which is near my house is like man i can help you out if you want to try some other stuff and i'm like no i just want sauvignon blanc <laughs> and this one this the crossing is 12.99 and it's awesome it could be priced at twice that amount but that's what i want and then he shakes his head and I'm like i don't know man i'm just like I like stuff that is like bites your tongue and mouth and that's what I like. So I'm, so the good thing for me is Sauvignon Blancs aren't expensive. So my wine of choice is fairly cheap. Yeah. Yeah. I'm more a a Cabernet Sauvignon and uh, I don't know how that compares to Sauvignon Blanc because I can't remember the last time I've had it. So, cause I, cause like, I'm like you, I I only order the thing I like and and don't, you know, don't, don't go out and, 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 and try uh, something else, but um, but anyway, I think that is uh, that's it for this week. Uh, before we go, let's go around the room and share our social media handles. Uh, Michael, where can people find you on social media? I'm at tw- on Twitter at bflu Michael, and I'm on LinkedIn and um, Facebook under my own name. All right. How about you, Ellie? I'm on Twitter under my name, BFLU Eleanor, and then LinkedIn under Eleanor Tolbert. All right, Shay, how about you? Uh, Twitter, you can find me, my name, at Shay Van Hoy, one word. Um, and then on, I'm on LinkedIn and Facebook, primarily, they're post stories from uh, 
myself and our teammates there. All right. You can find me on LinkedIn under my real name, David A. Mann, or you can find me on Twitter under my fake name, dman 3001 You can find this podcast on popular podcast services, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Radio Public. Thank you very much, Ellie, Michael, and Shay. Thank you guys for listening to us at home, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye.